Are you sick of major sports networks bashing athletes to help their bottom line? Do you want reliable information on sporting events and controversies? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Pound Perspective, presented by Nate Dog Sports, a podcast based around discussions and debates about recent football, basketball, baseball, and MMA events. Now, here's your host, Nate Dog. Welcome back to the Power Perspective, presented by Nate Dog Sports. It's your co-hosts here, Nate Dog and Red. How we doing, my brother? I'm good, man. Glad yes, to be back. Of Glad course, to be back. of course. We had a lot of good games over the weekend. Um, sad that we're running out of football uh, games to be talking about, but we got a lot to talk about. Recapping last week's games, uh, obviously talking about old Tom Brady retiring. Uh, we got a little bit of NFL news, obviously. Big time news has happened. Coaching, uh, hires, and players leaving. So we're going to hit topics on that. And then we'll have a little bit of NBA discussion. as uh, That's the big sport after NFL. So we're going to got to keep our keep our eyes on that and Sir. keep an eye on LeBron passing Kareem. We'll give a little bit of a uh, context on how we feel about that and how many games it's going to take him. So let's start this thing off, though, with the NFL recap of last week, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. They're done, completed. I wouldn't say the games were as amazing as they could have been, Yeah. specifically the first one. Uh, the second one was the classic. But the first one, sadly, things happen. It's football. Can't control everything. Can't have a perfect game. And sadly, the 49ers had to go to their four-string quarterback in this one. Josh Johnson had to try and pull one off. And he could not. The Eagles dominate the 49ers after Brock Purdy's UCL injury. Out six months, actually. So, it's big time for the 49ers. Literally the worst thing that could have probably happened to that team uh, when it comes comes to quarterback controversy. But, in in general, Red, uh, give me your thoughts on the game. uh, And, you know, a little bit of a tidbit. Do you think the 49ers could have won with a fully healthy Brock Purdy? Well, I think with fully healthy Brock Purdy, they can beat almost anybody. So I'm not going to say they would have won, but they definitely, they definitely could have won. Um, I don't know if you heard this. Did you hear that doctor come on the Pat McAfee show? Apparently, it'll be closer to a year. Jeez, that's because that, that doctor got drafted in the 80s. So he, he, you know, he knows wow. about the injury, and he said it'll be closer to a year with full recovery. So, I hate to say it, dude, because, like, I thought, like, if he wasn't hurt, he would still be my guy going into next season. But I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know if Brock Purdy's going to get another chance, man. Yeah. I hate to say it. But, anyway, that's a discussion for another time, you know. Hope he gets better. Of course. Uh, great recovery to my guy, but. Just in the game, man, yeah, they definitely could have won. Um, if they had a quarterback who could throw over 10 yards, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the second half, like it would have been maybe a two-score game. I think game. everybody knew the game was over when Josh Johnson walked out. Oh, field. dude, yeah. And look, Josh Johnson, I'm glad you got some money. Yeah. Like, you know, shout out to you. You've had a, a better career than people can hope for. Yeah. But there's a reason you've been on so many teams. And it was kind of yeah. obvious. Yeah. You know, and I just – there's not – what else can you do? You can only overcome so much. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, that was their fourth quarterback of the year, <laughs> and then they had Crazy. to go back to the guy who was hurt. And he couldn't throw. He yeah. could not throw at all. So, who has to have freaking Tommy John surgery? Yeah. 
and he was out there playing. So you can only overcome so much. But I'm not going to say they would have won, but they definitely could have. And I personally think they would have. But mm. I'm not going to say that it's a like it's not for sure or anything. Yep. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, overall, for me, I was just impressed with the Eagles' calmness. It's easy to get caught up in, in, in those kind of games. I know it's also easy to see the third-string quarterback go out and, you know, see the Josh Johnson and say, okay, this one's pretty much, you know, if we just don't kill ourselves. And that's pretty much what they did. They managed the game, and they won the game. They did everything they needed to do um, after the injury of Brock, you know, not force it, um, not give any any momentum at all to the 49ers, literally just suffocated the game. So I, I was impressed with the Eagles just, you know, it felt like they were ready for that moment. Like, any moment they're going to be prepared for, they're prepared for the moment of just managing a game, not for a shootout, not a defensive battle, just manage the football game. And they did that perfectly. So I wanted to give the Eagles their respect, but you can't you, you can't overlook the Brock Purdy injury. I mean, everyone knows that maybe, maybe, there's it's a maybe, the they 49ers could have won that game. And, and it's honestly leading more to Probably, and it's like, it's hard to say that, but it's just, yeah, it's one of those things for me. It's like, I don't think the 49ers would have won, but everyone knows it would have been a much oh, better yeah. game. It was just, it would have been a more competitive game. It would have been a completely different game. We have no idea how the, how the Eagles would have responded if Brock Purdy goes out there that first drive and gets an immediate touchdown. You know, yeah. the Eagles were never tested. So it's like, you can't really use this game as a, as a, like, this is what you expect from the Eagles every week. Like, they played against a four-string quarterback on a team that was – the 49ers were dead after Brock Purdy. How do you go out there and perform yeah. when Josh Johnson – no offense once again, but it's like the four-string quarterback comes out here. There's no motivation. There's no – just how much confidence do you have after that? And it just felt like the 49ers lost all of their – the 49ers defense specifically lost all their confidence after Brock went out knowing that they would have to win the game. The 49ers defense have won a lot of games this year, and they knew they would have to find a way to stop one of the most prolific offenses in the league. That's not going to happen, even if you're the best defense, I feel like, when it's when, when you can't put points on the board. It's almost impossible. So, overall, I was press, impressed with the Eagles, but I don't want to look too much into that game for the Eagles. I don't want to say the Eagles are easy champs now because they beat a four-string-led 49ers team. Yeah. You know, And we said it. This team was quarterback proof. You can only be so quarterback, quarterback proof. proof. It's like only so much can can be done. It's like, you know, it, that's all I can really say about it. Um, impressed, Brock. Hope hope you, you 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 get healthy and everything. Impressed with the Eagles, but that that didn't that didn't tell me anything more no. about the Eagles being a better team uh, than they were coming in uh, to Sunday. But overall, once again, let's see what the Eagles can do in the Super Bowl. Get healthy, Brock Purdy. We're rooting for you. Let's move on to the AFC Championship game. Wild game. Everyone knew the hype coming in this one. All the trash talk. The Chiefs laid waste to the Bengals. Mm. In in Burrowhead, I, I don't think it's... In Arrowhead. I think it's Arrowhead now. Yeah, I think it's Arrowhead. The Chiefs win in the AFC in a classic against the Bengals, making Patty the Patty Mahomes versus Joe Burrow rivalry real. Let's be honest. 0-3, oh, that's not a rivalry. 1-3, get to the Super Bowl. I consider that a rivalry now. Um, but, like I uh, like the last question, what, what are your thoughts on the game and the Chiefs in general? And um, and also another little tidbit, dude, what what do you think the Bengals need to do to get back here, if, if they can get back here? Well, I just want to say 
Shout out Patty Mahomes, man. Yeah. That dude played yeah. a hell of a game. Yeah. On one leg, like, it's just insane. Insane. You know, um, I just want to say, I want to reiterate my point. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I think this game is just another game that proves it. Um, You know, you can argue if Burrow second, like, it's not debatable that he's not top three or five. Like, that's just – you don't watch football. Yeah. You don't at least respect and know how good he is. But games like this, to me, just prove that, like, Patrick Mahomes is generational. And for the Bengals, though, man, it's like – you know, I said before, like, I thought Chris Jones would play a big part. But, like, also the Bengals had hurt offensive linemen. And you need depth, but, like, you can't expect your three bench offensive linemen to be starters for half the league. Like, nope. that's just not going to happen. So, you know, long story short, I felt like the Chiefs just dominated and were just more physical than they've played all year, which is what they needed to do if they can play that physical and just not make mistakes. Because, uh, I mean, Mahomes missed some throws. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he didn't turn the ball over. And the running game was not terrible. You know, Pacheco actually did some things. So, I just felt like the Chiefs kind of out the Bengals, especially on the defensive line. But uh, I, the thing the Bengals can do, man, even though the offensive line got better, it still could get better. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just a little ridiculous. You can't yeah, blame yeah. Burrow for getting the ball out as quick as he can. I My mean, gosh, dude's dude. got PTSD at this it's, point. It's crazy how fast he had to get that ball out. Yes. He barely had any time. And look, I don't think he played a great game, but he played a good game. Yeah. Like, a good enough to win. You yeah, know? you can win. You can win a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow as mm-hmm. your quarterback. Like, I don't think anyone's saying that you can't, but I do feel like. Maybe you need to, like, get more consistent in the run game, I guess. because Yes. Because it's not With only – Joe Mixon, Jesus, yeah. elite running back, man. That's the thing is, like, the offensive line, they were terrible in pass protection, but, like, they were also not very good in the run game. Mm-mm. So, you add some pieces up front, and then another thing, I think the main issue, because the offensive line did get better, you put your starters in there – you can debate what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But one thing they for sure need to address is the secondary, in my opinion. Miko Hardman had too good of a game. Oh, gosh. And he was being guarded by Eli Apple. Yep. Like, that just can't happen. Mm-hmm. Those are the – you can't lose to guys like Miko Hardman in the – not that he's not good, but that's those a, are the that's guys – three, man. Yeah, those that's are the guys that you're like, all right, they have to beat us for us to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened yep. is guys like that won. So, I feel like you just need to get better at having um, better man coverage in the secondary. So, I would personally maybe not get rid of Eli Apple, but just try to add another guy in there at corner. Yep. I, you, you hit it right on the money. Uh, start with Chiefs for me. Uh, they came out and proved every single doubter wrong. Um, all the health doubters, the, the talent doubters, um, any doubt that was even placed on this Chiefs team was washed away. They proved it, it felt like on Sunday, that they are – they're just – they're just that team, man. They're the Chiefs. They just know how to win those kind of games. And for me personally, this feels like this might be the best Chiefs team since Patty's been there. Like, I know that they got a Super Bowl with that, that team a couple years ago, but it's like this team's this team's got a lot of talent. It doesn't feel like they're so superstar based. Like 
they don't rely completely on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to well, win I mean, every it's game. Like, like I just said, we're like Miko Hardman yeah. had over a hundred yards. That's what I'm saying. They're moving this thing around a little bit. It's just it, it just feels like they're taking that, that next step forward. Also, uh, or, or it just feels like overall as a team, they're taking that next step forward as a as possibly a dynasty for me. You know, I think they realize that they're in that yeah. that realm of possible that possible dynasties. Um, it just feels like they're that close, and that defense is taking a step forward every single year. Patty's been there. This, this is one of their better defenses, I think. And like you said, they have a just a sense of a running game. They have a a, a, a live running game. Yeah. It does. It's not dead. You know, they, they it's can, at least functional. Yeah, it's a functional run game, and it's and, and when they can run the ball impressively, it's they're unbeatable almost. So, um, for me. This, it, it, I don't want to get too much in the Super Bowl or nothing either. It's like we talk about all the big guys, the Travis Kelseys, the Chris Joneses. For me, I think the Super Bowl for the Chiefs comes down to McKinnon or Pacheco. I think those two, the, like the running backs, they got to have an impact. I'm not talking about MVP, Super Bowl, MVP or nothing, but they've got to be the X factors, I feel like, going into that uh, Super Bowl. But we'll talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl in a sec. Um, for the Bengals, I think you hit it perfectly. Offensive line was the biggest elephant in the room, obviously. Three offensive line, you're down three offensive line, you get sacked all game. That's obviously going to be the topic yeah. for the Bengals, you know. But for me, I loved your secondary point. That secondary, it's not horrible, but there's a lot of there's a lot of talking in the secondary that's not that great, you know. Yeah. Like Eli Apple put something out there, he was like, I just love trash talking. It, I'll either back it up or I don't. I was like, well, at least he knows, you know. At least, he, yeah. at least he's true to himself. That you know. Well, but then they got, you know, guys like Chidobi Awuzie. That he was hurt all year, you know. And he was, he was just like that sucks, you know. Yeah, they just some stuff you can only overcome so much. Exactly, and just you know, on specifics, I, you know, I was looking at the free agencies, free agency market, you know. Um, a cornerback would probably, but I'm looking at that nickel spot and possibly a second a, a safety spot for him. Just kind of just you know, because po- it sounds like Jesse Bates is out uh, the, uh, out of being, uh, Cincinnati, so that's a big time thing if they lose Jesse Bates. He is older though, but um, still a great player. Um, I think maybe you know this is a long shot. Maybe they make a move for Jalen Ramsey, something like that. He doesn't play outside corner as much. No, as he not used anymore. To. Exactly. The the few guys that I saw that were on the market were. I thought this was a perfect a match made in heaven, heaven since the trade from the Saints. I thought Chauncey Gardner-Johnson would be oh, great yeah. for them. Hey, I man, that dude would be good anywhere. And that, that's also true. But I think they need that mentality. He brings a mentality, that, that dog mentality to the defense, and they need that. It didn't feel like the defense for the Bengals had any, like, just dog in them. I don't know. It just felt like the Chiefs were controlling it. Even though it was only 21-20, like, it wasn't like some 40-41 to 41 point game. It was, it was a pretty halfway low-scoring game for those two teams, but – I don't know. I just felt like that was a thing for me. It felt like they can get a little bit more of a mentality on defense. A Jordan Poyer, I know he's getting older, but he's had a great year, great career with the Bills. You know, just a, a you know a safety that can just kind of oversee everything. Um, and a corner that I love for the Bengals. Um, it would be a big. It'd probably be a, a money, a, a big money deal uh, since he's played so good for the Tampa over the last few years. But J- but Jamel Dean's the guy. Oh, I, yeah. I like uh, possibly being that that second corner for them. Hell, even maybe their first corner if uh, Wuzier is not coming back uh, um, fully healthy. You know, uh, for me, you got to find a way to show up that secondary. Get a guy in there that's you know 
can talk and back it up. Like uh, um, Eli Apple has done nothing. It's like it's not like this guy was a third round pick or a fourth round pick and ended up being a starter his whole career. This guy was a top ten pick. You yeah, know? it's like this guy had high expectations and he hasn't lived up those like, expectations and he talks all that trash. So, um, as a Saints fan, I've got a bad history with Eli Apple. Oh, so, I understand. Um, I don't have much of a love for him anymore. But um, overall, though, that's how I kind of feel. Off as a line secondary that's where you really want to lean into for the Bengals I think we both agreed on that heavily and uh Chiefs are gonna be a tough out for those uh for those Eagles let's get into that Super Bowl matchup real quick quick little discussion you know no no score prediction or nothing but overall what's your thoughts on this Super Bowl Eagles Chiefs I mean on the surface it can't be a bad game right man look Keeping my pick from the preseason, baby I'm going Chiefs yeah I'm not going to say to we'll get into it closer to time but Mm -hmm. I'm taking the Chiefs, I think, with rest. Because one thing real quick that was obvious in the Eagles game, I don't think Jalen Hurts is 100%. Um, so, both quarterbacks have time to, I feel like, get as close to healthy as yep. they can be. You know, I feel like the Chiefs is going to be more of the same of the, the Bengals game. Mm. I just feel like they're going to have to out-dominate. And the Eagles are physical, man. But I really feel like the, feel like the Chiefs – find ways to get it done. I feel like Chris Jones has a chance to win Super Bowl MVP, if Ooh, I'm being honest. Like I'm not that. saying he will, but, like – I like that. He has a chance to have, like, a, you know, two sack, six tackles, one force fumble type mm-hmm. game, like something like Bond that. A Miller but, type of game. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll get into it more, but uh, long story short, I got Chiefs right now. Hear that, man. No. I like that. I like that a lot. For me, this is an awesome matchup. I think it, it, it overall these are probably the two most complete teams. You know, when it comes to understanding what they needed to do, what they needed to do to get here, um, it's a tough game for me to pick. I'm probably leaning Chiefs for the simple fact I think it means a little bit more for them. I'm not saying the Eagles. This doesn't mean anything. this is what they've been fighting for all, all year. They've been the best team all year, uh, record wise, and. I just think with the dynasty on the line, Andy Reid's playing against his former team, the, the the Kelsey Bowl, it just feels like there's a little bit more in this for me for the Chiefs. I just feel like the Chiefs know what they need to do, and and overall they're just going to find a way. I don't it's just, it feels like it just feels like those Patriot teams. Like even yeah. those page, some of those Patriot teams weren't better than the team they're playing against. But they had Tom Brady. They had Bill Belichick. That's what this feels like. It just feels like the Chiefs just have a little bit more, and it's because they have Patty Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's this is how I feel. I feel like Andy Reid's a better uh, coach than Nick Sirianni, and I still think Patty is obviously better than Jalen Hurts, even though Jalen Hurts is balling. Um, Good point about Jalen, though. Even watching them against the 49ers. He just, he, he just didn't look fully He is not. He, he's, it's when he runs. Yeah. It's when he runs. He's just a little timid when he runs Um, um for me. But overall, I'm very excited about this game. Very, very, very excited. Oh, yeah. um, this will, without a doubt, be a good game. Like, no. like, I'm, you know, like I said, we've said it. We'll get into it. I'm taking the Chiefs, but. This is – I think this will be a close, good game. It's. I just don't see how this will be a blowout. Like, no. it, like some of these games have been in the uh, playoffs. I just I just don't see that being a possibility. I feel like it's going to be a dogfight just in the trenches. Overall, we're excited, ex- super excited, not excited about the Pro Bowl. I'll tell you that much. That's, that's a joke what they're doing this year. 
um, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Let's move on to the NFL news that's been just going crazy over this past week. Obviously, it that's what you expect when uh, these coaches are being fired and hired. Um, offseason starts before the offseason actually starts. Um, that's that's always the, the rule in the NFL. Everyone knows that. Um, but the biggest obvious news when it comes to coaching, the biggest name out there, Sean Payton, was rumored for your team a lot over the last couple seasons, but it is hey, not happening. Like I've said, bro, I'll believe it when, when I, I see, see it. it. And you were right. It didn't happen. Sean Payton was officially traded to the Denver Broncos yesterday. What a deal. Uh, as a Saints fan, I didn't think it was going to happen. I really did not expect it after Vic Fangio went to Miami. But the Saints get a 2023 first-round pick in return and a 2024 second-round pick, while the Broncos get Sean Payton in a 2023 third-round pick. Um you know, overall, there's 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 a lot to talk uh, to break down from this trade, but overall, was this just a smart move for the Broncos and the Saints, and were the Saints fairly compensated in this deal? Look, I think it was a smart move for both. Mm. I mean, to be honest with you, like he wasn't going to coach for the Saints, so getting back anything, yep. in my opinion, is like a plus. Mm. But I mean, I feel like a first. And what, uh, third? Second. Or first and next year's second? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a good compensation, I would say. Especially since, you know, it'd be different if Sean Payton coached this year and got that Saints team to, like, a playoff win or something. Then it's like, all right, give us two first-round picks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he did take a year off and could go work at Fox whenever. So, but in terms of the Broncos, man, it's like, no one's taking Russ if you try to trade him. Let's just be honest. That contract's too big, too much of a cap hit. So, at least, I at least kind of admire it because they're like, all right, we might have screwed up. We're going to screw up going 200 miles an hour, and at least yeah. still we're going to put in as many picks, as much money as we have to, to try to win a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. So, at least they're going – they're not saying, oh, well, let's try to deal with the rust thing, then get a new quarterback, then compete. It's not nah, dude, let's try to win now. Like, like these fans are getting tired. They're tired and they're I love the trust I like the trust in Russ. Yeah. And so, you know, Russ, I, I think he'll be better. I don't think he'll be the Russ he was. I just think he's getting up there in age and can't do physically some of the stuff that made him so good. But I definitely think he'll be better. I think for Sean Payton, you know, like we said, I feel like he wanted that Chargers job. Who wouldn't? But, yeah. you know, um, he's going to get a lot done in Denver, I feel like. He's going to have a lot of say in everything that goes on. You know, Russell Wilson, he's not a he's not a bad quarterback. He had a bad year. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. So, at least you're getting somebody who has knowledge. You know, you can kind of treat the same way you did some of those Drew offenses, the Drew mm-hmm. Brees offenses, they just won't be as efficient. Yeah. So I think it's a win-win for both. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think it's definitely a win for both sides on the, uh, in this one. Um, uh, for me, you know, the Broncos, you know, I don't – I don't understand. I get Russ was terrible, not not terrible. He was not good this year. Like I, I get that. But this like this morning, Bart Scott came on there and said that because of this year specifically, he is not a Hall of Famer in the league anymore. And I was just like, that's a that's a wild take for me, man. I mean, dude, did they forget Peyton Manning's last season it's, in Denver? It's like, like it's, it's he didn't look very great. It's like you can't really judge a player on one season with a, a, a first time head coach that clearly had no idea what he was doing. 
It, it, so because Bart Scott said that the Chiefs weren't going to make the playoffs, he shouldn't be on TV anymore. Yeah, I mean this is just Bart Scott's easily this just I, I'll, I I'm a hater on him. I don't like him. He's the stupidest mind on ESPN. Yeah, Sorry. I catch you. It's whatever. That's how I feel about him. But um, for the Broncos, this is exactly what they needed. You know, I know they really wanted to meet Ryan apparently, and I know they I heard they had big uh they shot hard on Jim Harbaugh and missed, but. For me, you know, if you're in a win now mode, this is the perfect perfect move because Sean Payton is a no BS coach. He is not going li- to live with this whole persona above the team, Russell Wilson being above the team narrative. Like, he's not going to allow that. This whole rumor that Russ has an office in the, in the facility, I promise that office will no longer be his if that is true. Sean Payton's not going to allow that. Sean Payton doesn't believe in a player above the team. Drew Brees was one of the best quarterbacks of all time especially during his time in the league. But Drew Brees was never above the team. The team was better because Drew Brees was on the team. It wasn't because the team is Drew Brees, you know. Yeah. It, it was – I think that he can put that mentality. He, he, I hope Russell Wilson can accept that, you know, that 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 level of, of – I don't know if expertise is the way. It's just you've got to respect a guy like Sean Payton. I'm not saying Sean Payton is the greatest coach, but – when it comes to innovative minds, offensive yeah. minds, he's up there. He's in the top ten at least. I think he's top five when it comes to offensive innovative minds in the NFL history. Um, so for me, I think it's perfect for the Broncos. I think they needed a guy that was going to get in there and just change the culture, just a reset on that culture. Not reset the roster, just a reset on the culture. I think that's exactly what they needed. Yet, I think the Saints still walk out of this as the happier team. Like you said, they knew Sean Payton wasn't coming back. Yeah. That was a that was a done deal. Might as well get something out of it. And I know the rumor of the John Gruden compensation was floated around. That compensation was wild and it was twenty years ago. You know, it got two first, two seconds, and like eight million dollars. It was yeah. like that's crazy compensation. But history shows the compensation usually works out. So that's why I'm kind of saying maybe the Broncos did win this. I think every single coach that's ever been traded has either made the Super Bowl or won one after they've been traded to that team. So that's yeah. a pretty wild stat. Usually coaches don't get traded. traded. And if they do, usually they go out and win some yeah. win some games. So um, you don't do the trade unless you know the coach is amazing. Everyone knows how good Sean Payton is. But like I said, my reason is that you know the Sean Payton burden no longer west rests over the Saints franchise. Like, even as a Saints fan all season, it was like, maybe Sean will come back. Maybe maybe he'll come back and help us and fix his team. Dennis Allen's terrible. Now that's gone. It's over. That reality of Sean Payton coming back is over. We can finally pot, like put all of our chips in on DA or no one else. You know, I like that as a Saints fan. Um, overall, though, get the conversation. How can you not be happy you got a first-round pick? Neither side's mad about this deal. It's a win-win. I think the Saints – walk away just slightly the happier team right this second because yeah. they got picks. Denver doesn't have picks. Denver is a little bit of a project. I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl next year, but no. in a couple of years we'll see. Overall, very interesting trade. Big moves around the league. What a move for the Broncos and the Saints. Let's move on to your former offensive coordinator, the Cowboys, landing a job with the with the Chargers and Justin Herbert less than 24 hours uh, after he was fired or, or parted ways with Dallas, more, more like it. Um, but in general, for y'all, is this a good move for Dallas, and is this a good move for the Chargers? Look, that's how I want to say it's come out 
Stephen Jones even made this announcement. Jerry Jones' son. He's one of the VPs. He even said Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy had some disagreements when it came to play calling. All right. No bad blood or anything, but that's why when it said mutual agreement, yeah, he was probably saying, like, look, man, I can go get a job somewhere else. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, And then the Chargers, they just fired Joe Lombardi. Mm-hmm. So – I think what him and Kellen Moore do is actually kind of similar, but I think Kellen Moore is just better at a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think it's a win for the Chargers in that sense because you get a dude who was getting head coaching interviews to come be your OC. You know, he was going to get a lot – like, he was going to have a lot of OC offers. The fact that he picked you in less than 24 hours might indicate a little bit of tampering, but whatever. But, um, (laughs) you know – but and then if you're Kellen Moore, it's like I hate to be this dude because I'm a Cowboys fan. But this is about to sound like I'm not. I don't blame him, yeah. bro. Like you go from I love Dak, but Dak is not Justin Herbert. He's not. All right. I think Mike McCarthy's a better coach than Brandon Staley. Yeah. I think that with one hand tied behind his back, he probably is too. Yeah. So are half the coaches in the league. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but so, but it's the fact that like. Brandon Staley's more of a defensive mind. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore's going to have a lot more say in the offense. He's already proved, say what you want, people who say he ruined Dak and was the problem in Dallas. Well, Dallas has had a top five offense past two seasons. That doesn't really make mm-hmm. sense, especially when Cooper Rush starts for four games. And you win, you know. That just doesn't – he was not the problem. Now, was he great at his job in every game? He wasn't great, but no. he's also only 34 years old. Yeah. So, I think this is a huge win for the Chargers, a huge win for Kellen. We're going to see about the Cowboys because I do think McCarthy calling plays can work out. It mm-hmm. will just depend on who they hire. Yes. But, um, you know, I think it's a win-win for both. I don't see how both sides – or I think Kellen Moore said this in a press conference, you know, he basically said the same thing where, like, he thinks Dallas will be better because they have a way they want to do stuff that just isn't exactly how he wants to do it. And then he has a way that he wants to do stuff, which is more like the Chargers. Yep. So it's a win-win for both. You know, sometimes change is just better, but for I think it works out better for Kellen Moore and the Chargers than it does the Cowboys, I'm going to be honest. Okay. Just because I really do like Kellen Moore, but yep. – it's going to take a little bit more time to see exactly what system Dallas mm-hmm. is going to try to run, what, you know, OC they bring in. So it's going to take a minute, but there's not many guys that I think you can just pick up off the street that are going to be better than Kellen Moore. That's a, I, I, I agree, it, but it depends on who they hire is my thing because there's not – a lot of guys, but there's a couple guys I, I'm going to mention later on. But um, for me, I, I thought this was an incredible move for both sides. I thought it was a great move for the Cowboys. I've told you this uh, off the pod. I think Kilmore is a great coach, and I think he will become an even better coach, a head, really good head coach, I think, one day. I just don't know if he was the, the, the mentor, the, the face that Dak needed. I don't know yeah. if that was the guy that Dak needed to go to when he had a problem. Not to say Kilmore couldn't figure out a problem for him, I just think that Dak needed a guy that, not a trust, but it's like, 
I just don't know the specifics. It's just mentor was my thing. I just felt like that that needed a guy that understands it on a different level when it comes to experience. Because Kellen Moore is a, an amazing office of mine, but he was never an amazing NFL co- uh, player. Um, yeah. He was a hell of a college player. I'll give him that. Hell of a college player. But he was never the best NFL player. His mind was always better than his actual talent. So, for me, I think Kellen Moore needed the experience to move on. I think he needed to get into a different offense. I think he needed to get with a different coach. I think he needed to get, I think he needed to get out of Dallas. Yeah. I mean, he's been in Dallas playing and coaching for the last, what, 10 like, years? Close to 10. It's been at least like eight. Yeah, it's, it's like it's it, it's a long time for one person to stay when it comes to coaching and playing. And he's so young. And he's so young. He's got so much to learn. It still feels like so. I think for Dak it was good, and I think for Kellen it was really good. Um, hey, look, this might be a long shot. Say the Brandon Staley experiment doesn't work out again, but they saying. have a top five offense. Boom. He could easily be their next. I head would not coach, be surprised by that. And that that felt like that hire might kind of be a, a way to keep it in-house, you know? You well, know? and then plus two with Dallas, it's like if, you know, maybe some of why he was staying was, oh, maybe I'll get elevated. If mm-hmm. they're going to elevate anybody to head coach, it'll be Dan, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, he, and he knows that because Dan yeah. Quinn's got the experience over him. Um, but for the char- uh, for the Cowboys, well, I guess the Chargers as well, they needed that young offensive mind in Keller Moore. It's great for Trevor, I mean, uh, for um, – Jesus, uh, Herbert. Goodness. Oh, yeah. I forgot his name, name. Justin Herbert. Um, It's great for him, I think. He needed a different guy than Joe Lombardi. Um, But to kind of talk about that coaching situation, offensive coordinator situation for y'all, I really think that this trade could work out if y'all land a certain person um, as y'all's new offensive coordinator. Do I think a guy's going to come in and be better than Kellen Moore immediately? I, that's just, I think that's a wild statement to make. Kellen Moore's got the experience on, on everybody that's out there. There's not an offensive coordinator. An offensive coordinator. You're going to have to get a position coach um, to, to fill this role. Uh, and the two guys that I really like, they're young. They, they, they're in, uh, innovative. The two mo- Probably the two most innovative offenses in the entire league. Two guys that I saw were the 49ers passing game coordinator, Bobby Slowick, and the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback coach, Brian Johnson. Obviously, the 49ers passing game coordinator, that makes sense. I mean, that's one of the coolest passing games in the entire league. Oh, yeah. You make Brock Purdy look good. I think you can make Dak Prescott look good. And we all know Jalen Hurts has stepped forward as a quarterback. Why not get Brian Johnson in there to maybe, you know, fix up Dak's, you know, inconsistencies? That's my idea is get a really good, a really good quarterback mind in there. You know, if he could make Jalen Hurts a better passer. Dak Prescott's not a He's a better passer than runner, but but imagine what he could possibly do to his passing. Maybe more even just for his mind, it might be really the the thing for Dak. Dak's never had a bad processing. Like that's been his best thing was his processing ability. But maybe just just I don't know a different mind in there can really maybe pull out those the, the, those good those really good features that we know in Dak. Those the the accuracy, the timing. Maybe just getting a Brian Johnson. Maybe get a, or a Bobby a Bobby Slovic. Uh, for the 49ers, I think getting one of those guys, yeah, it's not going to be an immediately better than Kellen Moore, but getting a guy like that in the in the offensive room with McCarthy, with Dak, I feel like that would be just so good for him to kind of just to game plan for Dak. Like our big thing for the Cowboys was always that when 
when um, Cooper Rush came in, it felt like the offense had a game plan. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they got to really lean into today. It felt like they had to stay up late and yes. really prep. Like, literally just, like, this whole script meme thing right now. It's like they literally made a script, and they said, yeah. we're going to do this script right now. This is how we're going to play. Um, but that's how I kind of feel. Not saying Dak has to be a system quarterback. I think that could be a Kirk Cousins type of player. You know, I think he could he could play outside of the script, but he needs the script. Yeah. You know? If you um, want to win a Super Bowl, Dak has to have pieces around. Yes, him. and that's that's obvious. You got to get more players. You got to get another receiver. I think you need to get another tight end. But good move yeah. for both teams. Good I like move. your point. You know, we'll just have to see who Dallas hires. Yep. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I think those two guys uh, were, were heavily rumored for that job. So, um, we'll see. This was a really big hire, a guy that you really liked in this coaching pool. Oh, yeah. D'Amico Ryan has been hired by the Texans on a six-year deal. Now, that's commitment right there. Um, just overall thoughts on the hire for the D'Amico and the Texans. Man, look. I love this hire, if I'm being honest. I love D'Amico Ryans. You know, this dude was next up. Um, he's been the 49ers defensive coordinator, I think, just last season. Mm-hmm. But he's been on the roster a few years. Um, you know, he got drafted by Houston. So, yeah. like, this is kind of a homecoming type thing. He wanted to be there. They wanted him. He's another guy. He's only 38 years old. That's... Like, he he hasn't even been retired that long. So, he's a guy, and, I mean, you look at the places he's coached, they've just kind of spoken for themselves. Like, look at the 49ers defense. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, he knows how to put – because one thing about the 49ers defense, too, is, like, they're disciplined. Like, they don't just have guys. They definitely have guys, but, like, they are disciplined. Yep. Like, he, he makes defensive scripts. He knows how to – he knows how to focus on that side of the ball. And I just feel like he's a guy, if you give him some time, he can put together, you know, a good defense. Yeah. Like, I'm not expecting the Texans to have a top ten defense next year. I think they had, like, the like the 26th this season. If he can get them to 16, 17. Yeah. Right in the middle of the pack. Like, dude, perfect for him. And it's – he turned down – I don't know if you saw this. He pulled his name out of the Denver coaching job hat. So, he wanted to go to Houston. They wanted him. Look, I love the hire. You know, I've been talking the dude up. Six years is a lot. That's a lot. I'm not going to say I don't like it. Yeah, any coach. But I just didn't see that coming. Mm -mm. I thought maybe, okay, he's a rookie head coach, maybe like a four-year deal, three-year deal, four. Six is like they're committed. They're committed. And, look, I get it because if you're the Texans, you've gone through two coaches in two years. Like You got it. Settle. You, yeah, you, pick one guy. you don't want to jump the gun and just settle too quick, but I feel like if they were going to settle on anybody, this is the guy to settle on. Yeah, he was – yeah, he's been the coordinator the past two seasons. So Yeah, since Robert uh, Sala. Yeah, started off as a quality control coach, then was an inside linebackers coach. So, he knows defense. He you know what I mean? It completely, yeah. And then if the Texans bring in, say – a veteran offensive mind, mm. perfect, yep. man, perfect. So, yep. I love the hire, personally. Yep, I think you hit all the points. It's just a perfect destination for both sides. He played there, drafted there. It, that's obvious. I mean, that was – it's just 
a match made in heaven. Um, for Ryan's, I think it's great. You know, he gets. It's not a terrible roster. It's not the worst roster in the league. I think. Um, it's not a great roster, but good it, ownership. Good at least. ownership. A lot of cap room. You can build this thing from scratch. Is the thing. You're not in cap hell. You're not. You're not having to trade a big piece. Like there's not a big piece that's taking up major money over there. It feels like. You know, there's they've got good players. Like a Brandon Cooks is probably taking what. 15, 20 million, maybe. So yeah. it's like you're not, you don't have too much to move around if you want to make cap space. Still got Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil. You got pieces. You got pieces. Uh, 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 you got Derek John Mechie will come back. John Mechie, Derek Stingley. It's just like they've got players all around the team. Nice little foundation. Add to that foundation and build on top of it. I think it's perfect for Ryan's. Um, and they needed it. I think they needed a young. You know, accomplished talent. It's like D'Amico hasn't head coached anywhere, but he has everywhere he has coached. I know it's only been two years. They've been amazing. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's he's 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 been successful everywhere he's went. Um, it's it's just a great hire for them. He had that defense just running around like crazy for the 49ers. 49ers were more talented, obviously, but the talent's going to want to go play for well, Ryan's. And the players love playing for exactly. him. Exactly. You know, all the players are like, this is our guy. Like, yeah. They were – you know, they like the players were pushing for this dude to get head coaching interview. So mm-hmm. he's just a dude to rally around. Yeah. You know, to seeing that that's going to get one, that's going to make players want to go play for the Texans in general. Um, so not much more to say. Perfect hire. Six years is a little while. Yeah. But but I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I've never disliked the Texans. I've honestly always re- uh, respected the Texans. So um, if he can get them. Six wins. That's a that's an old that's a good season. That's a good season. If he can have like a total of say, fourteen wins in two seasons, dude, you're off to a great. You're, you're start. great to off to a great start. We're rooting for you, D'Amico. Hope you get some wins out there in Houston, Texas. All right, let's move on to Aaron Rodgers, the big free. Well, not technically free agent, the big name on the market, I guess, trade market specifically. Um, He's probably out. It's it's a pretty much yep. a guarantee to this point that uh, Jordan Love is going to be taken over in Green Bay. So this leaves everybody questioning where Aaron Rodgers will go. It's a it's a, it's a debate. Retirement's still on the table for him, but we're going to think that he's going to go play for another team. For you, Red, what team do you think? Just give me a couple teams, but what team do you think uh, is going to take up on the Aaron Rodgers uh, sweet stakes? So I want to say real quick. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is like either him or Mahomes is the best passer I've ever seen. Like, just touch on a ball, Mm -hmm. just spiral. Like, just the best passer of all time. This dude is annoying as hell, man. (laughs) Like, I can't – so, it's not that I don't think he'll be traded because, like, even though it's been talked about for it feels like Five off seasons in a row. It feels like this is the off season for it's him to get. actually happen. Yep. Yeah, but also like it feels like he's just sitting up there saying stuff as a negotiation tactic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but mm-hmm. like him and Pat McAfee clearly have like, hey bro, come over here, say what you want to say. It'll help us both out. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, you can't say enough about Aaron on the field. It just it's just getting old, man. Like. You clearly like having your name in the news. You That's, know. yeah. I don't blame you, I guess, but it's just getting kind of old. But obviously there's going to be a market for a guy like that. Oh, yeah. So a couple teams, I would say, 
for one, Brady's out of the conversation. Out. He's Brady's out. So, I think, honestly, a sleeper, I don't think this will happen, but a sleeper, I think, could beat New England. Mm, I don't think it'll happen because – That's an interesting one. I don't think he'll mesh with Belichick, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But but That's fair. Just from, like, a roster standpoint – I think that would be a good fit. I didn't think of honest. them, honestly, like that a lot. But I think the most likely, we're probably on the same page here, I think is the Jets. Yep. Okay. I think the Jets and the Raiders yep. are the two most obvious. Um, you know, the, there's teams like the Saints who just don't have a lot of room. Mm. The Bucks don't have, you know, plus yeah. nobody. Yeah. Why, I'm not saying this to be mean, but, like, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you could go to the Saints, the Bucks, or the Jets – it's like um, you probably picked the Jets. Yes, you're going to the Jets. Yeah. yeah. So I honestly, I think the Raiders might be his number one option just because of Devontae. Yeah. But he was talking up Elijah Moore and Brees Hall and everybody on the Pat McAfee show. So he likes it over there in New York too. And both teams, I think, are contenders with him at quarterback. Yeah. So I think if I had to lean one right now, I think. Honestly, I think I'm going to say the Raiders. Yeah. But if I had to, like, what I want to see him on would honestly be the Jets. And I don't even really like the Jets or the Raiders. I just feel like that's so, like, random. Yeah. But also, I didn't think about this. They said, or I've heard on Twitter that, and this could just be nothing, but a bunch of people have said that he may not want to go to New York because it's similar to what Brett Favre did. And yeah, that, yeah. and he he's you know told people like recently like I don't want to follow, in that dude's career like like I don't want to be compared to him my whole career yeah so that would be exactly what Favre did that <laughs> could be like a little thing it could just be and he you goes know, to the Vikings <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. that could just be something on Twitter but like little things like that I mean at the end of the day it's a business it. decision it like, is you don't know what these guys are fully thinking about exactly. they could just like one city more than the other one and that's a legitimate thing yeah for real so I think the Raiders are probably the front runner but I do think it'd be cool to see him on the Jets and like I said I'm not a fan of the Jets I just think like that division would be awesome yeah, <laughs> it would be uh we're definitely on uh very very similar pages here with uh Aaron um good point about Tom you know that opens up an extra team, you know. Uh, we both thought that Tom wasn't going to retire, but he did. We'll actually give him his respect after this real quick. But um, for me, I got three teams as well. Um, I think for me, these are the three teams are nothing. I do like your Patriots team. They're not my top three. I, that was an interesting one. It was a nice little curveball for me. But uh, I think obvious ones are Jets and Raiders. Raiders are my favorite. Like you said, Devontae is Devontae is Devontae. Offensive skill players are ridiculous. You know, you, you're going to have to trade somebody for Aaron, but um, they've got too much talent that you're, you're going to lose somebody, but you're going to still have a lot there. Um, the Jets are, are interesting. The Jets are so interesting because of their defense. Aaron doesn't have to be MVP Aaron with the Jets, it feels like. I feel like if he's at the Raiders, he's still going to have to be an MVP caliber player to win. Um, the curveball for me I do think the Tennessee Titans have a legitimate chance for him. Okay, I can see. I think I, can see it. I think it's because of Vrabel. I think yeah. Vrabel and Aaron, I think they can mesh very well. I, I think their personalities are, can, can mesh. Um, even though Vrabel's more of a hard-nosed guy, I think that's what Aaron – I don't know if that's what Aaron loves or not, but 
I don't know. I just for some reason I like that match uh, between coach and player for some just for some reason. Um, the main reason though, the big thing for Aaron, well, I think the Jets are the like the thing that he's gonna pick is very similar to the, the Russell Wilson sh- uh, discussion for me. Is that Aaron's above the team? Yeah, Aaron. It's Aaron, and then everybody else. Yeah. If I'm on the Raiders, you know, if I'm a Darren Waller, if I'm a Devontae Adams, if I'm a Hunter Renfro, I mean, yeah, technically he's had a big career, but is he a better football player than me? I mean, for the Jets, all the guys are young. I don't think they're going to have a they problem. They just want to win. They, you know, I hate to say it, but they've been bad for so, so long. long. And it's it's that big market. Aaron, he could become the face of New York. You know, I feel like that's that'd be similar to like, Brady going to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because Tampa Bay had a lot of players too, but like yes. they were just so ready to win. They were ready to win. They were like, look, we don't care if we have to be 10 steps below you. Like, we just want to freaking win. Literally, literally. And that team that won the Super that Tampa Bay team was so good. And I think the Jets have that sim- similar to that level of talent on this team. Um, so I think the Raiders are the, the best choice. I think Aaron goes to the Jets. And I think the Titans are still in the race. Now, the best place, I think, for him, especially since Brock isn't playing, would be San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. But Green Bay already said they're not trading him to the NFC. So, So, you know, it kind of limits the options. Another dark horse. I don't think this will happen. Mm. All right. At least I wouldn't because they haven't had success with veteran quarterbacks, even though Aaron is clearly better. What about the Colts? What if you trade just the fourth mm. overall pick, nothing else? And then he could go on the Pat McAfee show live every day. Bro. Hey. Look, hey. I would I would personally draft just because even though Aaron Rodgers is ten times better than Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, that whole veteran thing has not – bringing in a dude for one or two years, two years, that just hasn't worked for them. And it has not worked for them. Yeah. Phillip Rivers was their best – best quarterback of the and last then, couple of years. you know, if you're Aaron Rodgers and they have, like, Jeff Saturday That's coach, the thing. They're going through their third rounds of head coach. It might not be a dude you want to – you might want to play for somebody you know is going to win. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. They're going through third round of head coaching interviews. It's very rare. Apparently, that never happens. So, Colts are – Colts are at a standstill. Well, apparently, their owner, Jim Irsay, like – He wants Saturday. No Saturday, one else wants Saturday. Well, yeah, and Jim Irsay won't even – they said he hasn't even sat in – on half the other. Like, that's just ridiculous. That's man. ridiculous. But man. anyway, anyway, back to it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I had, though. Uh, um, oh, I did actually have my another sleeper on here. I, I'm glad that I didn't get too far away from this conversation. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm still holding so I'll hold strong to this. I wrote this down yesterday. A team that I, I, roster-wise, talent-wise specifically, there's a lot of turmoil on this team, so that, that makes me think he won't go here, and it's NFC. Commanders. Okay. I like the talent. A Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson duo with Antonio Gibson. Yeah. It's their NFC. Though, NFC. So. so it's that's that's my thing. There's a lot of turmoil. That's also why I don't think Aaron will go there. Aaron already hates this front office Look, if with they Green Bay. Could, I, I guarantee you they'll make a call. At, uh, least. at least make a call. I mean, that defense is very similar to the Jets. They're, that defense is ready to win now. It's if they can get that quarterback. That's the only reason I think – the only reason I like the commanders in this sweepstakes is because they, they're a roster that's ready to win now if they have a quarterback. Um, but they don't They don't, They don't. don't have a lot of uh, – uh, not a lot of people want to go play on that franchise right now because that owner is all I'm going to say. Um, but 
we'll see. Aaron Rodgers, big name. We'll see where he lands over this offseason. Let's get a quick little discussion, though. We'll go through this one pretty quickly. Um, the refs uh, is a nice little talking point here. Um, Adam Schefter comes out and says, people around the league are saying this is the worst it's been in a long time officiating in the NFL. And there's a problem in the league, apparently. That's a, There's an issue um, with refs. Quick little, you know, what, what's your thoughts on the refs this year and um, if there's even a thing you could do to change this? Yeah, look, I don't know if there's – I don't know. Um, for one – I feel like Adam Schefter is just lying. I'm being honest. I feel <laughs> okay. like I feel like he like just it. doesn't like the refs. Yeah, has been like, yeah. There's been some buzz around like this dude's lied before. So. Yeah. But anyway, um, I mean, I feel like the thing with refs is it's all recency bias. Mm. You know, no one remembers how bad the refs were five years ago. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? It's only, it's like every season is the worst it's been. Oh yeah, and. This season, yeah, it was bad in parts, you know, like even this past weekend. There's some terrible calls. But there's terrible calls on both sides, yeah. too. So, look, I mean, I've heard the argument about making them full-time, which I don't know if you need to make them full-time because, like, the season is so short. short. Half these guys are like doctors and lawyers. Lawyers, yeah. Like, but I do think you need to make it more – of an organization type, mm-hmm. more of a, more of a, almost like a corporation, like have mm-hmm. like a, you know what I mean? Not just like, oh, I went through and got my ref card, card and I yeah. can ref. Like, nah. no, this needs to be like something you kind of like belong to, like a, mm-hmm. like a corporation, like, to like an association. A, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't need to be something that's your main job necessarily, but it needs to be something where people devote more time to it. Give them benefits or something. Make it yeah, worthwhile. Make, it, make them go every summer, and I think they already do this, but to like a longer camp. Like yeah. Add in an extra month mm-hmm. of looking back at other blown calls from the past year. Just and to like, make sure. Yeah, these like are that. the calls that got people upset the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how you – and then – but a. I hate to be this dude too, but the easiest thing, in my opinion, to fix it, if you don't want to do what I just said about the refs, which it's the NFL, they're any corporation like that's going to find the cheapest and easiest way. When you get in the playoffs, just don't call as much. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if you want a short term fix, it just let them play. Mm-hmm. If you get in the playoffs, you know maybe don't call every hold. Like. Mm-hmm. That's a not a great solution, but like at least if you're like okay, they're letting both teams get away with a little bit, mm-hmm. then people will at least I feel like accept it a little bit more. Yeah, you kind of hit on it for me. Is like yeah, you could do all this, you can make it this, that, or that, more incentives. It, it, I truly don't know if there's just a one size fits all solution yeah. to this. It's like refs have always been. We've always talked down refs. We've always said how they make blow games. Literally go to any sports game ever. Go to the comments. It's refs versus blank. Refs versus blank. No matter what. Even if the game was not affected by the refs. There's yeah. always going to be someone and, that believes that. And look, I don't, yeah, I don't like complaining about refs. I, it I don't do it unless it's warranted, you know. Because you can, you can literally, like, look, in high school football, this is cheesy. 
The number one thing we always got told, two things you can't control, officiating and the weather. And the, it's, it's true. That's the truth. Like, it sucks, but it's just the truth. It's And, and it's, you hate to see it in certain situations. You know, to bring up the past, like the Saints stuff, um, we'll get into this, but the NBA, the whole LeBron situation, it's been going down. It's like, it happens. It's it, it, it's gone, though. It's done. You can't you can't overcome everything. You can't expect these guys to make every call. My thing is, I don't un, I don't know a complete and utter solution to the problem. And if there's just not a one a, a true solution, not a one size fits all solution, just a solution that could fix it, then I don't know if you can do anything. You know, I think yeah. I think like you said, maybe just let them play. You know, that might just be the way to do it. I don't know. I'm not the guy to make those kind of calls. It was this question was weird for me. Like, I just don't know. Yeah, that's it's just. I, just I would hate know. to be in charge. I would of hate this to problem. be the person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have, having to handle this one. Um, overall, though, hopefully they they uh, get get to some sort of an agreement uh, around the league when it comes to refs. But quick, another little quick little thing here. Just give your respects to the goat, Tom Brady. Before we leave this NFL conversation, what you got to say about the old goat? Man, look, I ain't got much to say because, look, I love Tom Brady. Kind of a weird guy, but yep. you can't help but respect him. But, man, this is all that's been over any and type of social been, oh, media. God, and I'm just – it's two years in a row that this happens. Yeah, I know. So, I'm just sick of talking about it. But, look, dude, I mean, I wish him the best of luck. You can't dream of a better career than yeah. he's had. I, it's rumors right now, but that Fox contract he apparently signed, I don't know if you saw it. Apparently, it's rumored to be 10 years, $370 yep. million. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's going to hate himself that much. <laughs> but, you know, man, like, take a year off, breathe a little bit. You know, just, you did all you could do. Exactly. You know what I mean? You didn't. If anything, most people get to an older age and hurt their uh, career, their legacy. He did nothing but grow his legacy exactly. the older he got. So, you know, shout out TB12, man. Yeah, same here. Hate him or love him. Can't disrespect the greatness. Uh, the, the whole deal with Fox. I think that's awesome. One thing I hated, they were, uh, I hate, you know, it's so annoying to see all the Tom Brady. That's why we're not sticking on this topic long. Or sending him his respects. Don't unretire, Tom. Dude, no. Stay out of it. I want him to be a part of the game still, but I'm done talking about. If he unretires, it just gets into the annoying. It's just, it's already annoying. It's already annoying. We respect you. We love you. We thank you for everything you've done to the game. Just stay out of it now. Let Let this new generation do its thing. Let's let's make this now, about the next generation. I don't know if you saw this. This was actually kind of funny to me. What? Because I like Greg Olson as an analyst. Mm-hmm. He was saying in the uh, Cowboys-Bucks game how unfortunate it would be if Tom Brady retires. Come to find out. He's taking that job. Yeah, apparently Fox is kicking him out the booth. I don't hate it. I, I really like Greg Olson, man, but like, it was just funny to me that he was up there like, man, it would suck if this dude retired. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He, he knew he was about to get canned. But, yeah. you know, I hope he finds a job, too, if that oh, does happen. I just thought that was funny that he was like, man, it would suck if he retired. <laughs> it's just so funny, bro, taking the man's job. The one thing, I, the last point on this, there was freaking on this ESPN today, these, these freaking analysts were coming on here saying, 
yeah, I just I don't think uh, Tom Brady's gonna be a good analyst. There's just no way he'll be good. I was like, how do y'all even? How can y'all even say that? There's they zero just, facts based on that. Uh, you're you're just hoping on, on a man's demise. It's just like, dude, Bart Scott does it. It's like, <laughs> I think Bart Scott was one of the guys that said that shit. And it's just like, like I. I, I I had a lot of moments where I did not like Tom Brady, but I'm not about to wish a man's demise in his next career. You know, it's like that's so weird. You don't. He might be the best at this. shit. That's what I'm saying. It's like you had no idea. How, it's like they're talking about you have to have a certain personality. It's like uh, uh. It's like Tony Romo's pretty good at it. You know, yeah. and he's not perfect, but I thought that was wild. There's a lot of different personalities. That's what I'm saying. Guys. You don't have to have a specific TV personality. I think Tom will be good. I just hate the 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 unneeded hate towards a guy when he's, you know, when he's supposed to earn his respect. But that's all I got to say about Tom. That's all the respect you get from us. Stay retired, brother. (laughs) Thank you. You're the GOAT. Let's move on to the NBA, though. Awesome, awesome, awesome games we've been uh, watching over the last few days. We're getting close to the the All-Star break. Trade deadlines are right here, so... Um, but we're going to talk about some MVPs. We've been making our picks, talking about them all season. A big name we've been talking about is Luka. But that team... Team is still a little off. Luca put up 53 against the Pistons a couple nights ago and just another masterpiece. But they're the sixth seed. Does that affect his MVP chances? And and should it even uh, affect his uh, MVP chances? But or does he more, uh, deserve more respect in that MVP race? Man, look. Which I want to say at the time we're recording this, they've moved up to fifth. The Mavs have. They moved up to fifth. Okay, so, so they moved up fifth. Okay. Look, I picked him in the preseason. I still think he'll win MVP. Okay. You know, I'm I'm sticking with my guns, but yeah. they got to get more players. Man. <laughs> yeah, I do. Look, don't get me wrong. I feel like the difference in say Luca and Russell Westbrook is like both of them. You look at their usage rate and their usage number; like it is ridiculously high. Like, Luca's this year is just outlandishly high. Mm-hmm. But he's actually producing yep. where Russell Westbrook wasn't. Yeah, He's producing where James Harden wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I think he deserves all that respect because for him to be averaging 33 points a game, this is... 32, 33, I forgot exactly, but it's in the 30s. Like, that's just, for the dude to be his size and his play style, like, that's a little ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I think he's my front runner, you know. 33, you're right. Yeah, 33. Uh, he's my front runner right now. If he's not in your top two or three discussion, you just haven't watched any basketball. basketball no. You know, so I think I'll, – I'll say I think he's he's getting about the level he deserves because for most people I feel like he is their MVP or at least top two or three. Yeah. But, dude, if they finish around 500, I don't know, man. Mm. They can get up to 45 wins. I think he's got it in the bag. But they just – they got to – I mean, God forbid he misses six or seven games in the middle. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, they got to get more pieces. You know what I mean? His defense has actually gotten a little bit better. I think he's getting about the amount of praise he should. Yeah, Luca deserves all this praise that he sh- should be getting. You know, um, when you when you say most valuable player, 
how can you not say that Luca is not the most valuable player to his team? Yeah, that's my point. It's it's just it's hard not to say that. I am though. I am starting to lean into this Joel Embiid bandwagon. Okay, man, I've been watching this guy. He he might be the best player on Look, the planet. <laughs> if him or Jokic went won it, I couldn't get could, mad. That's what I'm saying. Jokic but, was like the leader on some MVP race. I was like. I can't be mad. Can't I, be mad. It, he, but, he's having a triple double this season. It's crazy. But like, if Dallas had was the third seed, no, then yeah, there wouldn't be nearly as many Mm-mm. anybody else but Luca in the finals. No. So it's like I can't get mad, but also like it's just he's in a tough spot. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a tough spot to be. The, the only reason I think that Joel Embiid is slightly ahead of him right now is because. The Sixers are in the third seed, and the Mavericks are in the fifth seed. And the and the Mavericks are not in a comfortable fifth seed. They're what? Yeah. They're only they're a game in front of Minnesota. Yeah, they're 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 only three games in front of the Lakers, and the Lakers are the thirteenth seed. So it's like it's so tight still in that in that little actually yeah three games. See, it's just so tight between five and thirteen. So all these teams are still moving around. Y- y'all are y'all are yeah y'all are tied with them. Y'all are t- the, the Timberwolves are tied with him. So it's like it's hard to give an MVP that. Yeah. My only thing is that Russ got it as in the sixth seed. So it's like and but Russ's season was historic. You, you had to give it to him that season. This season's a little weirder because there's a lot of talent. Joel Embiid is averaging 33, 10, and 4, leading this team in all the premier stats. That's like crazy. Luke is doing the same thing. Um, it's crazy to me. Um, the thing for the thing that's working against Embiid though is James Harden is playing pretty good this year. Yeah, and Luca is the only one playing well, really good for the Mavericks. And Embiid, man, if he doesn't get healthy, he's an MVP finalist every year. Every almost, year, so. every year, man. That dude is like, it's not outlandish to say that he might be the most talented. He like not most talented, just most unguardable, bro. Like, yeah, everything he does on the court is elite. It's just crazy how talented that Embiid is. Um, I love watching his game. I think he's the best big man in the league. Um, yeah, maybe Jokic is, actually. That's a, that's, a, oh, that's a tough statement. Just but so different. Between those two guys, they're the best big man in the league. For me, um, right this second, I have Embiid 1, Luka 2, Jokic 3. It's neck and neck and neck, though. It is very, very close. See, race. if I had to pick, it'd probably be Luka 1, mm-hmm. Jokic 2, Embiid 3. Yeah. But, like, like I said, I I wouldn't get mad if yeah. Jokic or Embiid won it. It's a it's a tight race, but these they're gonna start thinning out. I feel like once after this All Star break, and that's usually how it is. It's a little close oh, yeah. to the All Star break. Once we get past this All Star break, uh, the MVPs kind of start distancing themselves. But don't be surprised if Jokic, like you said, comes out there and wins that thing. He's still blowing like crazy. Um, that'd be crazy if he got three straight too. Wow, that'd be so wild. This but dude does not care. He does all, not either. care. Does not care. Averaging a tr- casual triple double, you know, whatever. Uh, freaking Jokic is is on a different level at all times. But let's move on to LeBron. Um, he's the definitely the, the the name in NBA right now for good reason. Um, it is starting to get that Tom Brady feel though. You know, talking about him every single day about this record. You know, um, but it is the record. No one thought this one would be broken. LeBron keeps defying father time while leading the Lakers with AD was out for most of this uh, time that LeBron's been leading them. However, we're going to talk about that play against the uh, the Celtics. The refs 
missed a massive call. Um, just give me your thoughts on the missed call and if the NBA has a similar problem that the NFL has. Look, I want to say I don't like complaining about refs. Basketball specifically just because it's so quick. Like yes. It's, it's different than NFL for me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so quick that, like, it's just kind of built in for those for there to be missed calls. But, you know, I don't think – the NBA does miss a lot of calls. It's another thing where I just don't know what the solution would be. Yep. I don't think their missed calls are as bad just mm-hmm. because it feels like it, – it's always been in the NBA certain players get certain calls. Like, yeah. that's just how it's been. I don't think that's any different now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But – I just feel like more people are noticing that mm. with social media and stuff. Like the NBA, people have always gotten calls. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but in terms of that one missed call, you know, they even came out and said that it was a terrible missed call. Look, man, we've talked about it. I respect LeBron. Dude's a beast, but don't act like that, bro. Come that was on. a wild way to act. Look, bro, like I get it, but like just because you're LeBron – like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go in too hard, but, like, they missed that call on, say, a Monday night game where it's Detroit versus mm-hmm. Orlando. Mm-hmm. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares. And it's like, I know certain players get certain calls, but, dude, you can't, like, you can't, I don't mean to say it like this, you can't just coast into that record. And I'm not saying that yeah. it's been easy for him, but, like, you should want the hard calls, like mm-hmm. when you're chasing a record, I feel like. But, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm being too harsh. He was right because the call was terrible. Definitely right. <laughs> I can't, I can't, like, he, I would have been just as upset. Like, that was ridiculous. It was just a while. It's just weird seeing LeBron act like that, I guess. It was weird because he, it wasn't like he lost the game. He yeah. still had five minutes. Yeah, to win that, the that's game. the thing is, like, it felt like it was like, oh, this is the deciding. Like, and it's like, I would. How many times does that happen, like I said, in a normal Monday night game, and then uh, 30 seconds later, no one's talking about it? Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, like I said, it's not that he shouldn't have been upset. I guess it's just I personally don't remember a lot of times I've seen LeBron get that mad. So, it's it's just kind of weird. It's I've never seen him that mad. I was just as mad as a Lakers fan. You never want to see a missed call like that, and – that's the only reason um, Lakers fans are mad is because yeah. this isn't the first time LeBron's had a missed call this season late. It's happened four times in January now. Yeah. And it's just like the first time it was a weird one. The second time was pretty obvious. Third one was a little weird one. This one was the most obvious. This is the one you can't miss. Those other three were like, those are those plays where it's like, it's a missed call. You forget about it. This one, this is the one that kind of pushed it over the edge for a lot of people. But it's so similar to the NFL. It's just, how do you fix it? It's, that's it's the just, thing. It sucks that they missed the call. You know. Now, see, maybe these dudes could be full time because yes. NBA is longer than longer. you let them do summer leagues. Summer stuff like league, that. maybe jump into the college and stuff. You know, just yeah. give them all kinds of free. That's definitely a, a, a possible solution. You hate to see it, a game get controlled by the refs like that. Um, as a fan of the team, I was mad. How can I not be mad? Yeah. The reaction was a little wild. Pat Bev going up and showing a picture. <laughs> that was, was hilarious. It was man. hilarious, but that was still just wild. 
it, it's 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 you never want to see it. Like I've said a thousand times, but I think it was it was a moment for the NBA. I still it's like I still think those bad moments are what the NBA needs. The NBA needs moments for clarity. Like like these refs aren't perfect, you know. Yeah, and they're going to miss the blatant calls sometimes. It's and just it, happens. It, it's been like that. It's been my like point. That. Like it is. They've always they've missed the big just calls. Given people some calls and not given people yep. some calls. Yep. The only reason I'm annoyed is is that it's happened multiple times to LeBron this year, which is wild that the yeah. best player in the world can't get a call. Um Yeah, I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's just No, no one agrees with it. It's it's weird though, because the LeBron narrative was always he gets the call, he gets the call. And now he can't even get a call. It was just that's the weird thing is like they kind of they brought him back a little bit, but a little too much, you know. For a guy that plays so physically, you got to get some calls like that. But you never want to see anything like that in any sport where the refs make a mess a call like that. But it's a part of the game. You got to live with it. You had five extra minutes. The Lakers, you know, LeBron shouldn't have been pouting on the bench. He should have been like, "Let's go. We have five more minutes. Let's go yeah, win like, this thing." You know, look at the refs. Like, you know, all right, and there's all like right. the, there's the there's the Michael Jordan you know meat writers out there. Michael Jordan would have went out there and just. Put his head down and went, went out there for the next five minutes. And the LeBron player would be like, no, he wouldn't have. And I was like, I think he would have. I think Michael would have legitimately just – I think he would have been just as pissed off, but he yeah. would have went on that bench. That was my thing is like – Kobe like, wouldn't have freaked out. Kobe would have yeah, like, like, don't get me five wrong. More minutes. LeBron had every right to get mad, but it was just – I've just never seen him act like that. It's just like it, – it's wild to see anyone act like that in a situation like that. Um, I get it. I would have been just as mad probably in that situation, but you had five extra minutes. It's not like you lost the game. That was my only thing for that whole situation. Um, but I don't know how you fix the problem. That's not our, our jobs to be fixed, like we said in the NFL. Let's move on. Sticking to LeBron, though, this will be our last little topic of the pod for the day. Obviously, like I said, their record, the Kareem scoring record is right on the horizon. It's the biggest topic in the NBA right now. They're moving games so everyone can witness it. It's one of those records you really can't. You really just don't want to miss, even though you might not like LeBron for certain reasons. It's one of those historic moments that you definitely don't want to miss. 89 points away. How many games does it take for him to break the record, Red? Man, I don't have an exact number. I'm going to say... Honestly, think at least three. Yeah, three's kind of pushing it. Like three, three. I think it was like the math was like twenty six or something. It's like yeah. something around there. Yeah. So I want to say this. I'd say four to five. All right. Tell me this wouldn't be perfect. Okay. He's got maybe. He plays four games. Got maybe ten points left. Five games from now, Saturday, February eleventh against the Warriors at 7.30 p.m. Mm. That game's going to get some views. Mm. That's the game to do it. I'm not saying that they should, like, plan it out or anything, but, like, Mm -hmm. I can just see it now, it being on, you know, the most national televised game. Well, they moved the Pels game to ESPN2. That's what, like, I feel like it's going to be a game like that. Like, either uh, the February 9th or February 11th where the Lakers play the Bucks and the Warriors, it's going to be one of those games. I That's think, where you got sure. it. Yeah, I was thinking, I was looking at it numbers-wise, kind of like breaking it down, points per game. Um, the Bucks one is, it felt like that one's going to probably most likely for me be it. 
but I really wouldn't be surprised if he gets it done against the Thunder. He would only need to be averaging about 30 points a game. I just did the math again. So 30 points a game to get there. It would be a tough number to get to, um, but I, I'm leaning into the to the Thunder game at home. Either way, I think it gets it done at home against either the Thunder or the Bucks. Um, I think he wants to break it at home. I think he that's that's his mindset. Yeah. You got to break that in L.A. I know we talked about that on the last pod. It's like if it's there. Oh my bad. I thought the Lakers Warriors game was at home. Well, it's still Warriors, still San Fran. There's still be plenty of fans there, but um, like. It would be weird to see him break it in New Orleans. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be kind of funny, I guess. Uh, but I'm I'm leaning to the Thunder Bucks. Um, I imagine they'll be putting that Thunder game on ESPN uh, um, in a couple of days if he doesn't break it, uh, or if he doesn't get close by uh, by um, the Pel's game. Um, I think he has to average like 40, 45 and a half points to technically break it by the Pels games, which, hey, he's been scoring like crazy these last few games, so I, oh, wouldn't, yeah. even, I wouldn't even be surprised if he breaks it um, for the Pels game. But, um, yep, I think I'm going to I'm gonna say three to four games, but I'm going to lean into that Thunder game uh, for him. I like it. it. Uh, I like I, it. I'm rooting for you, Bron. I'm excited. I'm, uh, I'll be watching that moment. It'll be a, a fun moment for me. Being being my probably my favorite player, uh, well, the best player I've watched uh, in the NBA in my entire life. Kobe's still my favorite. Sorry, sorry, Brian. I got still I still got too much love for Kobe. But that will do it for us today. Red, good pod. Talked about enough. A lot of yes, NFL. Sir. Got NBA discussion in there. Um, All star break right around the corner. Trade deadlines right here. Pro Bowl this week. And then we get a Super Bowl, man. We'll not be watching the Pro Bowl. You will not be watching the Pro Bowl. Or the NBA All-Star No, game. I will not. I might watch that three-point <laughs> oh, yeah. contest. Yeah. I might watch those. But um, that's pretty much for us. Stay on the lookout, though. we got some uh, special podcasts coming out soon for the NFL Draft. Uh, we're going to stick to the NFL after the season's over. Obviously, the draft will be the biggest topic and for agency and offseason. So uh, be on the lookout for some draft special podcasts. We'll let you all know when those are out. But... At the end of the day, we hope you all enjoyed the Pound Perspective episode 26. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, with your co-hosts, Nate Dog and Red. Don't forget to follow Nate Dog Sports on Instagram and Twitter and Nate Dog Productions on YouTube and Facebook. All a bunch of Nate Dog Sports Instagram accounts for all the sports we cover. Don't forget to follow them all. But once again, we hope you all enjoyed episode 26 of the Pound Perspective presented by Nate Dog Sports. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Pound Perspective. If you're interested in joining Nate Dogg for an episode or need more information on Nate Dogg and his brand, contact him at natedogsports.com. And don't forget to share with friends and family. Thanks again for listening to The Pound Perspective, a breath of fresh sports.